Welcome back to the Aging Project Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Craft, and together, my friends, we're on a mission to age well, bloody well, if I'm being honest. Let's be real, though. We all need guidance when it comes to aging well, and that's why we've gathered the best possible support team for us. No topic is off limits, and I promise to ask all the right questions, your questions. Before we dive in, don't forget to join our growing community of women from around the world. Sign up at theagingproject.com.au and become part of the Aging Project community. You'll gain access to our treasure trove of podcast episodes, our free five-day morning challenge, and did you know we now have an online store called You Must Try It? It includes products we've discovered from our podcast guests and community. Think low-tox skincare, low-tox makeup, supplements, and more. You'll only find products we've tried, tested, and we love at youmusttryit.com. Are you ready to begin today's episode? Alrighty, let's do it. Out of crisis comes massive radical growth. Um, and that's why I love what I do, because yes, it may appear that um, I'm dealing with crises every day, but crises present opportunities. Challenges um, usually bring people to a point of willingness to change. Aging is a challenge. No matter how we navigate the bumps in the road, there are always going to be bumps in the road. On the Aging Project website, in bold type, we have written the words, aging is a challenge, because most of us aren't immune to life's ups and downs. It could be divorce, job losses, the loss of loved ones, financial, legal, relationship challenges. Things happen in life that are going to test us and we will all have those challenging moments. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Patina Stanghorn, who we discovered through her work at Noosa Confidential. This is a private residential addiction and rehabilitation centre, obviously in Noosa, and it offers programs for individuals with a range of conditions. Patina is here to share her story for a number of reasons. She has overcome challenges herself, and she has now dedicated her life to helping us navigate our own. Patina, welcome to The Aging Project. Like I mentioned in the intro, we all experience life's challenges and that obviously they build up with age. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's sad to think that, that children suffer more challenges than a lot of adults, but no one's going to escape life without a few rough patches, are they? Mm, absolutely not. And actually, I think that's fundamentally one of the challenges is the expectation that maybe there shouldn't be challenges. Um, you know, I think a lot of the time rather than I use these two words with my clients and for myself, which is, of course. And the of course is kind of that step into surrender, whatever it is. And, and you know, I really am referring to tragedies as well as just life's everyday challenges. You have to be able to practice radical acceptance. Otherwise, you can't process it from a nervous system perspective or psychologically. So, yes, of course, is the way that I navigate those challenges. We're all built very differently, though, I, I believe, from the way that we actually see those challenges. You know, you, you can say there's your, your cup half full people, there's, you know, at the light of the end of the tunnel, there's always a rainbow, all of those things. I think that's definitely an outlook on life that perhaps you sort of, you're sort of born with. Um, you know, I've got, I've got two daughters and they do see life very differently. One of them will grab it by the horns and the other one sees them as challenges. Um, but of course you're saying that you can sort of train yourself into a different 
mindset. You've just got to be ready for it. A hundred percent. So there's a wonderful um, professor called Dr. Carol Dweck, and she developed this growth and fixed mindset model. Um, and what you're referring to is exactly that. So people who have a fixed mindset where they believe they know what they know, or they're really um, intelligent, and actually people who view themselves as smart have less resilience and therefore are kind of limited. And people who have a I'll give anything a go and I'm not afraid to fail so that, you know, get up and go. People are more resilient, have less addictions, have less mental health issues. Um, and it's and it's really complex. So it comes down to nervous system. It comes down to inflammation and gut health. It comes, you know, there, there's so many layers. So the, the saying on my website is it's never just one thing because when we have challenges, um, it's, what you're born with, it's how you were raised, it's what your parents bring to you um, and how they parent. Um, and, and we might say, I also have two children, both adults now, but we might say, um, oh, I parented my children the same, I'm the same person, you know, to, to each of my children, but the filter and how they receive information and all of those layers that it gets filtered through um, is what then forms their values and beliefs about themselves. So, so much of how we see life comes from our childhood, how we were raised, even, you know, how we were birthed. Um, that ancestral trauma is something that we've spoken about here on the Aging Project as well. So, yes, you can, you can sort of compile yourself into, into one little package and say, that's who I am and that's why I'm this way. Um, it really does take that brave person to step up and say, well, I don't necessarily have to stay this way. Um, I can make changes for myself in a positive manner that's going to help me on the day to day. And I guess what we're at here is those people that what, what you're dealing with that can't um, perhaps do that themselves, that they need that, that extra help. And this can be in the form of what you deliver there at um, Noosa Confidential from any range um, on the spectrum, I suppose, people who have gone through very serious trauma and addiction to people that just want that extra helping hand to get them over the next hurdle? Mm, exactly. You know, the irony is we only grow out of discomfort and comfort is a drug, you know, we and, and, and there's the irony. We're all, you know, craving safety and security as parents. We want to offer our children that. Um, we want it for ourselves. You know, I just want an easy life. I just want to be happy. I just want my children to be happy. And yet, the human experience is that we only grow out of discomfort and actually the people that crave or, or place themselves in environments where they're challenged, um, where they have to step out of their comfort zone, grow the most. So then when I have um, a rehab, so I have Noosa Confidential, which is a rehab where they've either had significant um, chronic pain and, and very complex comorbid presentations because nobody just has a bit of an addiction like oh everything else is okay but I'm but I'm a you know alcoholic or something so it's always really complex and those are your greatest opportunities for growth and fortunately for me um, so there's there's Noosa Confidential which is a rehab and there's my consulting company which is a marriage mediation and, and family crisis company and and out of crisis comes massive radical growth. Um, and that's why I love what I do because, yes, it may appear that um, I'm dealing with crises every day, but crises present opportunities, challenges 
um, usually bring people to a point of willingness to change. Like when life is kind of going okay and your coping mechanisms are kind of working, you're unlikely to change anything. You know, you're really not. When you have a health crisis, a financial crisis, a marriage crisis, an addiction crisis, or you've had the first three and then you have an addiction crisis, you know, it brings you to a point of, wow, this is not sustainable and and a willingness to take on new information. Whereas otherwise, often humans kind of stick with what with what narrative is running. So really it comes to breaking point, doesn't it? And again, that's mm, different for 100%. everyone. But until you reach your absolute limit, chances are you're not going to reach out for help. And as I said, that limit is Correct. different for everyone. But then you've got to be brave enough to take the step mm. and ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got to stick to it as well. Yeah, that's that's the the sticky bit. So, you know, coming into a program or going into therapy when you're in a crisis, um, asking for help. Actually, statistically, we know, um, you know, the story that people don't ask for help is, is not statistically accurate. Um, people do, men included. Um, you know, the high suicide rates in men are not because men are not communicating or reaching out for help. Um, it's because um, the the modelling culturally and from community and the constant application is not there. Um, but there is a lot of help. You know, as, as flawed as all of our systems are, there is a lot of help out there and people do ask for it. But do they then, this is, again, the, the, the quandary of being human, as soon as we start to feel better, um, we often slip back into, oh, cool, okay, well, I'm feeling a bit better now or I lost a bit of weight or I'm feeling better, I'm sober, maybe I did a month sober or, you know, and then we slip back. And it's really that radical accountability of holding yourself accountable for the long term. And I think also, which is, you know, pertinent to the name of your podcast, things that worked for us in our 20s or 30s just don't work in our 40s and 50s we have to revise and review as we age and challenge the stories we have running about ourselves about life you know whatever about our bodies and what we're capable of you have to be willing to challenge yourself a quick pause in today's episode to share some of my must try products at youmusttryit.com Through the Aging Project, I've learned managing stress is something to be intentional about, which is why over at youmusttryit.com, we've created a stress and sleep page with all of our favorite products. After today's episode, go check out the Shakti mat. This is an acupressure mat with over 6,000 spikes. Yes, I swear by it, as do so many of our customers. Even previous guest, Dr. Peter Wright from the Vera Wellness Clinic said, I love this mat, Shelley. Thank you. It is my pleasure, Dr. Peter. <laughs> to grab yours, just go to youmusttryit.com and type Shakti. That's S-H-A-K-T-I. You'll also find essential oils, supplements and organic teas, all designed to reduce stress and aid sleep. Trust me, all are a must-try. Just go to youmusttryit.com for a 10% discount off your first order and to join our community. The good news is we also ship internationally. Yes, we do. Alrighty, back to the show. Patina, you're coming from, sadly, the perfect place um, to be helping people with their life challenges. Um, you've gone through a heck of a ride yourself. Would you mind sharing your, your personal experience of life with us? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, look, I have, I probably was one of those, yep, 
um, you know, stuff happens and you have to deal with it and, and push on. So um, it's only in hindsight that I'll go, wow, that was actually quite full on. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it, at the moment I, I don't, I am very solution focused um, and, I, and I'm challenged to kind of roll around in the mud. And, you know, one of my favourite sayings is you don't roll in the mud if you want to get clean. So <laughs> is there value in identifying a problem or a trauma or dysregulation or whatever? Of course there's value in that. But there's not value in identifying with trauma. You know, there's identifying it and there's identifying with it. So for me, I have had health challenges since I was 14. Um, I'm celiac. I had candida. Um, my parents had a very um, melodramatic divorce. My brother got hit by a car when he was a teenager and was in hospital for four years. Um, you know, I moved away and out of Australia as quickly as I could to run away and dove into drugs and alcohol and had an awesome time for 12 years in the UK. Um, but then, you know, during that period, my father died of a brain tumour when I was 25. Um, and and then, you know, yep, then I got married and had children. My pregnancies were very complex. I had symphysial separation and cholestasis through both of my pregnancies. And that set off a whole, I had a hip replacement when I was 45 um, one of my children has autoimmune issues. So there's just, you know, there's just ongoing challenges there. Um, I got sober six years ago and uh, was I an alcoholic? No, uh, I was a binge drinker. But again, it was that, wow, I'm, I'm, I was doing all the things. I've always been, you know, a proponent of gut health and mental health and uh, you know we were across that 15 years ago when we when we first started Noosa Confidential we used to have to send stools um, samples over to Hong Kong because there was nobody in Australia looking at the microbiome so mm -hmm. you know I've, I've always been ahead of the game with that but it hasn't stopped me from having all of these complex presentations so um, you know I, I always I guess that's why I dive into going okay so that's interesting that's what we're presented with right now what are we going to do about that you know how do we explore that um, because this is the human experience. And was there a point in your life through all of that where you literally hit the wall like we're saying you, you don't ask for help until you're at your absolute limit what was your limit what was the one thing um, that made you realize I have to make a change here? Um. I am, I am, oh, how will I put this? I, I call it radically self-reliant. So one of those people who goes, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. I'll do Welcome it myself. I'll do it myself. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I can do it. I'll do it. Um, you know, so I was very fortunate that I placed myself because I'm, I'm a, I love information and I'm, I just crave more and more and more information. I'm very much up here, you know, um, in my head. So I was fortunate that by doing a degree in behavioural science, by having great professors, by having great mentors, I was already surrounded by people. You know, I, you know, I have a great team of, you know, 22 people at Noosa Confidential. We do case management and it's a constant working with a client and going, ugh, I do that, and then having to work that through. So I am in a very fortunate position. And because I started NC, um, I was around microbiology experts that were cutting edge, you know, 13 years ago with gut health and, and you know, working with the GAPS protocols and meeting Natasha McBride. And, and that's just my, you know, craving new information. So I would kind of grab all of these bits of information and apply them to myself. Um, I'm still not great at... Um, 
at asking for help at sort of the, at, at therapy. I'm in therapy constantly because I have to have a supervisor and I'm surrounded by therapists. But um, yeah, I tend to withdraw when I hit crisis and I'm, I'm good at acknowledging it and saying I'm at capacity. Um, I'm in overwhelm. I need some GABA to calm my nervous system. I, you know, I have a far infrared sauna. I, I really take care of myself. I apply everything that we do, but I, I'm, I'm still not great at asking for help. Oh, Patina, though, but for all that vulnerability, you're obviously a beautiful um, warm hug or a shoulder or a support network for all those people that are feeling exactly the same way. And and I guess through all your experiences, you you draw on that much more personally, which is why Noosa Confidential um, is this amazing space for people to come to and to spend time. Mm. So tell us about mm. how it works. Do you um, are you referred to Noosa Confidential? Can you come there and check yourself in for a short mm-hmm. time or a long time? How does the actual mm-hmm. program work? So, yes, it is 60% referrals, actually usually from previous clients, but you don't need a doctor's referral to come. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can check yourself in, put your hand up, and, and we have a crisis line. And um, we only take five people at a time. Um, so one of the uh, processes, I, I initially grew Noosa Confidential up to four residences and 15 clients at a time, and that was completely overwhelming mm-hmm. for me. And uh, I kind of downscaled it to one residence and um, five clients. And that's because it's a very immersive experience and um, and accountability is a, is a big part of it. So people getting checked in, checking themselves, and it's usually loved ones calling on behalf of somebody who's in crisis Um, and we integrate all of the health and nutritional and anti-inflammatory protocols as well as clinical psychology, trauma therapy, equine therapy, somatic psychotherapy um, and then exercise physiology and movement because we know that actually movement has outperformed all all pharmaceuticals for mental health, all therapies for mental health you know, as much as I love narrative therapy and to talk things through, the truth is moving your body, getting out in nature, uh, improving your sleep will significantly improve your well-being um, across the board. So it's integrating all of those things. You come in, can you come for a short time or a long time? Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we don't do short programs. Um, that's really the difference between a retreat and a, a, a true truly kind of rehabilitation program Mm -hmm. a retreat you can go to for a weekend or a week or two weeks and you will leave feeling better um, but you won't actually be better Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's a lovely place to come to you might rest and be taken care of and have massages and do yoga and that's awesome often you leave feeling you know revitalized and swearing you're going to stick with whatever thing you've taken away from it whereas our residential program is four weeks minimum um, right up to three months mm-hmm. um, and it's a high accountability piece like this is you know we break it down into you'll feel better within two weeks um, you'll get better within about kind of three months and then staying better is a long-term commitment mm-hmm. um, I don't want repeat business um, that's not my MO people coming every every year or what have you um, you know for a refresh I mean I have had that happen mm-hmm. um, after relapse or what have you or people with chronic health issues but um, but mostly I want you to fully immerse yourself and commit yourself and and yeah accountability is a huge part of that. What an incredible program that is. And I guess that is the difference, as you say, between just a reset and really reaching out for that help that you need. Um, 
I guess is this a naive approach to think there's some people that think they have a fear of flying and they will go and do a fear of flying course and realize, oh no, I'm a beginner in this phase. There are people sitting here beside me in this course who can't even look at a plane without that sort of hyperventilation happening. Are there people that are, uh, are worried that they're not serious enough for you to take on board? And is there a process for you to say, look, a retreat would be great for you? Or, or do people, when they get to you, you realize they are in, in quite a position and need some serious um, unpacking and repacking? That, that's so common. So you have somebody where it seems really obvious that they need rehab. So you're mm-hmm. alcoholic or you're, you know, somebody who's coming off some, you know, drug addiction or what have you. Um, and then you have people who kind of go, oh, I'm only a bit depressed. I'm not half as bad as that person. I don't need to be here. That's so common. Um, and the truth is, and I suppose this links into um, life and ageing and challenges, um, we are never anybody's first port of call. Most people have tried lots of things. You know, they've been on medications, they've talked to their GP, they've usually seen a therapist or a psychiatrist or have a team of people they've worked with. The most common thing I'm told is I've already tried everything and this is my last chance, you know, and we treat eating disorders as well as, um, you know, we've had two sort of ladies in their 70s, one who had chronic health issues and chronic pain um another who alcoholism and dementia so like it's really complex and you can imagine somebody coming in and seeing that and thinking oh god I'm not half as bad as as that but it's like well everybody has their traumas with a little t traumas with a big t dysregulation distortions um beliefs that they've been living by that are no longer serving them um, and and addictions. I mean, how I got into relationship work is via addiction because, in my opinion, we all have parts of ourselves and all of us have an addict aspect. Even if you are not an alcoholic or a binge drinker or, you know, you've never tried a line of cocaine in your life, all of us have aspects of ourselves that are addictive because we seek to, to self-soothe. So whether that is Bikram yoga, I'll reel off some of my own, obsessive Bikram yoga, veganism, um, restriction with food, whether that's intermittent fasting or, or what have you, um, you know, movement, work, um, relationships, um, you know, coffee. We all have the things that we do and some of them you might not need to worry about. Um, but relationally, we're all trying to feel better, feel significant, find a way of connecting. And um, there's a great TED talk by a guy called Johan Hari um, who wrote a book called Stolen Focus about the addiction to technology and our phones and the (laughs) chasing of dopamine, for example. Um, So he also wrote about addiction. And the truth is the opposite of addiction is connection. So not sobriety but connection. And we know from all the studies that if we're trying to get people back to a sense of well-being, you know, what is the best anti-aging thing that you could possibly do? Um, manage your relationships well, feel supported and connected in your community and probably move your body. And, you know, you those two things, like not being lonely, having a sense of people that love you, having healthy relational experiences, that's, you know, going to predispose you to ageing well and not having too many crises in your life. Mm. it's incredibly sad but also um uplifting in one way when you described a client that you've had that was 70 um who's come to you finally 
for help and I'm sure they've had a long life um, of pain and suffering, perhaps in, in silence, but how extraordinary that at that age they, they found the power to say, I don't want to finish my life like this. I can make the most of my time to come. Um, we're hoping to nip it in the bud a little earlier for, for our listeners. What are some of the challenges that you see in 40-plus women? Um, are there some common themes that present to you in, in sort of women around our age? Yes, there are. I mean, obviously, perimenopause is a, and hormones are a huge factor with um, ageing well and mental health. Um, I work and collaborate with a hormonal specialist and I started doing that probably 10 years ago in my relational practice because so many uh, women will come in pointing the finger at their relationship, their marriage, um, and saying that they aren't, they're not happy and they have no libido and, 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 you know, I mean, I've had people walk out of my, of my office because they're offended women when I say, have you had your hormones checked? Because they want it to be about their husband or their children mm -hmm. or not being appreciated or validated mm -hmm. or what have you. And the truth is inflammation. So are you drinking? Um, are you moving your body? What's your sleep like? Um, is there inflammation there? Is there hormonal dysregulation that's frequently driving dissatisfaction in your life? So that, that's honestly the biggest thing. I would say we can start working therapeutically, but I would like you to go and get your hormones checked because I'm going to guess that 40% of the symptoms mm -hmm. that you're bringing to me will disappear if we start looking at those areas of your life. That is that is a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? Because again, we don't really even know um, if we're in perimenopause. You could be three or four years into it. And as you say, you've had this steep decline in in life and living and relationships and c connection with your partner or your kids or your friends, your job, whatever it is. And, you know, to pass the buck, it's not our fault. <laughs> um, and it's not their fault. It, it's your hormones. And I think there's so many women that don't understand that, don't know that, that perimenopause can cause all of those things. And perhaps it creeps up on you. So it's not that train hitting the wall. It's, this sort of oh sorry this culmination of all these things and you're so deep in it before you even know it um, that the blame is out there in on everybody else. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, women. You know, you're raising daughters. I have an 18 year old daughter, um, and so I got her a, a device called the Daisy when she got her period at 13 or 12 or whatever it was, and um, she's now 18, uh, 18 and a half. So she's got. Um, four years at least of of tracking her mood her cycle she has a solid understanding and I raised her also because those years when you're raising a teenage girl are an absolute roller coaster as I'm sure you're aware I don't know if your children are teenagers yet but um, you know it, it, you see them change from sort of these bubbly young girls who are joyful and light and their energy just drops um, and it can get kind of dark, to be honest, and it can get kind of scary when you really see the behavioural and personality changes. Um, and so from very early on, I would give my daughter Jemima psychoeducation around how what you're feeling and what feels real right now, where are you mm -hmm. in your cycle? Mm -hmm. What's your mood? Um, what are you craving food-wise? What's happening with movement, for example? Um, do you understand the phases of your cycle? Most women do not get that education from young. I mean, hopefully now that's changing. But then, so that's the first bit. 
education, understand your body, accept as a female that this is what is happening, this is what your cycle looks like, it's different for everybody, and this is how it impacts your mood, your libido, your capacity, your weight, like all of those things. And then it's once you become engaged in relationships, you should be sharing that information with your partner. And, you know, I have that many men who say, I would love to know where she's at. I know when to back away from the beast. You know what? Yeah. And and I'd love her to surrender and go, I probably am being irrational right now. I probably am being neurotic. You know, women not surrendering to these female traits. You know, if you study evolutionary biology and, and psychology, you cannot deny, um, you know, biology. You just can't. And if you do, then you're setting yourself up for some very challenging times. If you're not going to acknowledge that, you know, we bring humans into the world, we are neurotic, we are paranoid, we are moody as women, we have a very fluctuating mood, um, and, and that's what makes us so amazing and powerful and be able to create life, and then to bring your partner um, on that journey with you to say, yeah, look, I'm in my luteal phase. I'm I'm feeling really vulnerable. I'm probably going to blame me for everything. You know, right now everything's going to piss me off, and I hope that's okay. And for him, him, you know, to go okay, cool. But this too will pass in a couple of days. So just don't let me make any decisions between now and then. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Surrender. Own it, and and then there will be more harmony. My God, if only we knew that. And I and I'm not blaming the generation before us. I mean, they were such. And, and before that, such stoic women um, that perhaps didn't inform our mothers as much as they could or should. I think the generation coming behind us and our children are so much uh, better informed because we're more open and honest with them and perhaps there is that better education program. It's really us in the middle here that have a true opportunity for that honesty and that can only be good for our parents if, we, if we're still lucky enough to have them and have those conversations with them about why their life was so hard. And perhaps, you know, my parents, uh, their marriage ended when I was about 23. You know, all the kids were grown-ups. Um, but I'm sure it had a lot to do with exactly what we're talking about today, just that not understanding yourself well enough and, and wanting something different but really not getting that driver and not understanding what that driver is either. And for us to then open this door for the gen- you know, the kids below us and our children, um, that it is an open conversation and it's just biology. It's not something that is a secret or that needs to be hidden from our, our partners in any way, shape or form. This is just how it is, ladies. This is, again, this isn't me. This is just part of being a female. Correct. So correct. Yep. I met with my 80-year-old mum yesterday. Um, my dad passed away but um, and she got divorced when after 20 something years of marriage and I was I don't know a teenager but um she has the same perspective and and statistically it's very sad you know I'm very passionate about relationships and actually the that it's more empowering frequently uh, unless there's violence um to to stay um and to navigate the discomfort and Michelle Obama did this amazing talk which I put up on my Instagram about you know she's been with whatever his name is, President Obama, I can't remember his first name. Um, I think we still call him President, yes. <laughs> um, for 30-something years and she said 10 years of that really sucked. You know, when we were raising children, when I was resentful, when it was tit for tat, when it was, oh, you're going to the gym or golfing and I'm stuck here with the girls, you know. that. And, but out of 30-something years, if you can say, yes, there was this decade that was really challenging where I didn't like you very much, um, then isn't that still 
an amazing investment and then look at the reward for staying you know and and acknowledging your part taking ownership um my mum was saying you know I do I wish I'd never ended the marriage I should have and and that includes infidelity and being able to really I mean back to challenges crises being able to accept how flawed we all are as humans Mm -hmm. and can we stay rather than thinking it's so empowering to leave, you know, what would happen if we stayed? And the reason I love the relational work that I do is when you lean into that discomfort and come out the other side, it is your greatest opportunity for deeper connection and growth. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's really uncomfortable and feeling empowered and saying, well, F that, I'm leaving and I'm worth more than this and, you know, I'm kicking him to the curb and all of that so-called empowering feminist jargon, I don't think Mm -hmm. it's helpful. I don't think it's helpful and we know statistically it's not good for children, it's not good for the well-being of adults Mm -hmm. to, you know, to kind of up and go all the time, like actually Mm -hmm. sit and stay and see what happens. There is a big part of that. We learned that uh, when we were talking ancestral healing, sitting with your pain and um, actually feeling it and let let yourself feel it. I mean, that's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and I'm sure, you know, there's people that have that've suffered a lot more in, in life than me, but I find sitting with that really an uncomfortable place to be. But you're saying you will break through that. You will have, um, you will come out the other side. Oh, there's no question. Unfortunately, the messaging, and this is every generation. Well, actually, I think our, my parents' generation and, and beyond whoopsie, did it very well. They didn't have the expectation that life shouldn't be difficult. You know, they accepted, mm. oh, no, life is difficult. But I feel like from my generation down, you were sold this subtext of you don't have to deal with the pain. Even even little things like take a Panadol, um, soldier on, take a Codrol, push through. Um, you know, obviously there is a time and a place to take something and ease discomfort, but even from a mental health perspective. So I'm not saying there's not a time and a place, but the subtext is you don't have to feel pain. You know, do something to make yourself feel better. And mm. um, the truth is life is suffering. That's, you know, that's why those philosophies and Buddhist philosophy, like lean into the discomfort, life is suffering, and actually acceptance and surrender will move you through it. You know, the only way out is through, um, not avoidance, not kind of, I mean, you can numb to it, and we all do, whether it is a glass of wine or a line of cocaine or exercising or spending money, online shopping, whatever it is. I mean, that's where addiction and relationship stuff just becomes completely enmeshed because most of us are seeking to avoid discomfort and as a life philosophy it is flawed and we sort of say this doesn't feel right I mean again all the context around I've got an 18 year old daughter you know she she still has this conditioning of fairy tales you know this person is special and will I ever find the one? And, um, you know, if, if, if he really loved me, he'd just know. And it's like that is, that is delusional. Yeah, be brave enough to actually have the conversation. If you're enjoying today's episode, then here's a quick reminder to join the Ageing Project community. Simply go to theagingproject.com.au to sign up and you'll gain access to our treasure trove of podcast episodes and our fabulous and free five-day morning challenge hosted by me. For us, Ageing Well is a practice of making great decisions every single day, which is easier said than done. So let's begin by kickstarting our mornings together. 
I can't wait to see you transform your morning routine and support others in our community to do the same. By joining us, you'll also get updates on the latest episodes and gain access to our youmusttryit.com store. So please join us at theagingproject.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now, back to our chat. How do you suggest we best navigate these little changes if we if we are pretty much content in our life but there are some things that are niggling at us? Um, what do you need us to know or where do we begin? You know what? I think radical honesty is the greatest place to start and that means being really honest with yourself. So how do we practice radical honesty? Well, I suppose before that it requires a high level of self-awareness. So, um, and, and then this comes back to what is working for me and what is not. Um, what do my relationships look like? Is there a theme where I'm actually the common denominator? I don't feel heard or, and not just with lovers or husbands or wives, but friendships, colleagues, you know, is there a common narrative that you have running that isn't serving you? Um, you know, be brave enough to call yourself out. Um, and that's what practices like you know, yoga and breath work are intended, you know, neurologically and neuroscience wise, it's about creating some spaciousness so you can observe yourself. Um, and from that process of observing yourself, you know, the asanas in yoga are to give your body a job, like put yourself in this, um, in this posture, uh, and then breathe mm -hmm. and be present with the discomfort of the posture. And then notice what gets activated within yourself when you're doing that breath you know, and then start to become the observer. And then with that capacity to observe, and, you know, yoga is not the only way to do it, um, but with the capacity to observe, you can sort of start to discern what behaviours, what patterns you wish to continue because it is a choice. I mean, you said mm -hmm. it at the beginning. And at any moment, you can actually change your life and change yourself. Um, you don't have to be in a crisis. You can just notice it and think, hmm, I notice that I'm reactive when something is raised and I would like to work on being less reactive. Um, and how do I do that? Well, I notice what arises in me when somebody says X or does Y and why is that? What's the story that gets activated for me? How can I challenge that? And that's what a good therapist can do as well, really talk things through and grow your capacity for self-awareness. So what are your favourite modalities or tools for your clients? There's so many ways that you can go now, whether it's um, NLP, the talk therapy, hypnotherapy. Um, do you have a preferred modality or are there ones that are obviously different for all different things? Yeah, so there are specific specific therapies for specific presentations that have been proven to be really effective. Um, things like CBT for OCD and obsessive thoughts, that type of thing. Um, DBT for borderline personality disorder, like just, you know, things that we know are highly effective for that presentation. Um, for me, yes, I, I've you know, I've studied behavioural science, um, I studied NLP, I studied clinical hypnotherapy, journey therapy, um, you know, I do breathwork and yoga, but um, for me, the way I practice is based on family systems and parts work, so really appreciating that we're all complex, we all have these aspects of self. Um, I do a lot of what I, I don't call it this, but a lot of people in the industry call it shadow work. So identifying these aspects of ourselves, which might include an addict or a liar or, you know, I don't know, somebody, all these parts of ourselves that we hide 
you know, and we all have them. There is not a human on the planet who does not have an aspect to themselves that has shame that they try to keep hidden and, you know, radical responsibility, radical honesty. Let's identify those aspects and bring them into the light and start to integrate them. And when we're doing relational work or addiction work, I mean, we offer all those modalities at, at um, Mr. Confidential. I, I don't consult at NC anymore. I'm, I'm the case manager. But, um, you know, we offer all of them, equine therapy, EMDR, trauma therapy, um, you know, narrative and CBT, all of those things. But we, for me, I focus on parts work, um, on, on people really building their self-awareness. Patina, you mentioned early on in our chat that link between nutrition and mental health, and you've been working with microbiomes uh, since the beginning of your career. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I do think it's integral to look at the microbiome and look at inflammation, gut permeability, which then um, impacts hormones. So again, it's all, it all kind of links up together. Um, but for me, I'm celiac, so, and, and a, you know, massive anxiety sufferer. I've been doing anxiety. I really think it's, um, it's a verb, not a noun. It's something we do, not something that we have. So, um, my response to many things is anxiety. And, and I have, you know, a physical response to it. I have a psychological, you know, link that then starts, gets activated and building that awareness. So working with a therapist to build self-awareness, working with a hormonal and, and um, gut health specialist to uh, limit and reduce inflammation and gut permeability. So um, when we first started, it was looking at bone broth and, and collagen and really educating people about diet and what causes inflammation and the fact that so much of our um, presentation, depression, anxiety, I mean, we've even worked with schizophrenics who had implants of antipsychotics. And when you apply an anti-inflammatory diet, in that case, I think it was um, Terry Wall's protocols and she brought herself back from MS with again a gut protocol um, the the, oh the shift is massive you know reduction in psychosis and distortions and uh, seizures um, you know it's just there's no question um, if you want to be psychologically well you have to explore um, clinical nutrition and and it has to be bio-individual there's no this is healthy like what's healthy for me might not be healthy for you at all. So having that bio-individual approach and doing all of those assessments, which we do at NC, um, to look at inflammatory markers, gut microbiome, um, you know, hormonal um, complications, all of those contribute to psychological presentation. So is there a test? Obviously not just one test, but is there something mm -hmm. out there that can do that for you? Yeah, there's so many tests now um, and actually great organisations. Um, I mean, that's really the foundation of functional medicine, working with doctors who are registered doctors but have gone on to do functional medicine studies um, and naturopaths and, and we have a clinical nutritionist and a doctor and a naturopath um, at NC and they work collaboratively and collaboration is honestly the key so that everybody is looking at their area of expertise um, you can do a stools test, which will give you a snapshot of your microbiome in that moment. So let's remember, even if we did a snapshot from a stools test and then we applied a certain protocol, unless it's maintained, you know, that microbiome will, will shift again. It's constantly evolving. And, and that's why I challenged the idea of balance, because the truth is, 
it doesn't exist, you know, and it and it creates stress to even try and attain balance. Um, your hormones are never balanced. Your microbiome is never balanced. There's not some perfect equilibrium that can be acquired and then maintained. You have to appreciate it's ongoing. It changes, again, with women, with our cycle, et cetera. Um, but, yes, getting all of those tests, um, there's a great hormonal test called a Dutch test. There's a dry urine and saliva testing, looking at inflammatory markers, you know, there's psychodynamic assessments, like movement assessments. I mean, Peter Atia, who's a great doctor in the States, really looks at movement and health and aging. Um, and he has a whole criteria of testing. And movement's a huge one. Can, what about the test of can you get down up off the floor? You know, if you want to age well and feel good and be able to move your body, you have to be able to do that. And that mm-hmm. may seem really simple and trite, but if you Until can't, you give it a go. <laughs> uh, bloody right. If you can't do it, you you know, that is something you might need to focus on. And when you have somebody in crisis going, oh, for God's sake, this is, you know, that's so petty. It's don't like, be well, ridiculous. Yeah, don't be ridiculous. Like that's not part of my depression or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. well, inflammation is. And if you can't do these movements and build strength, you know, muscle releases a whole lot of chemicals that will make you feel better. So actually... It's true. Petita, I love the way you just tell it how it is. And I think some people might find that confronting, but I think it is fabulous. And it's certainly given me um, a lot of insight today into myself and a few wake-up calls uh, that I need just even for that honesty policy with yourself. Reflecting on your life work and everything that you've learned and and the people that you've met in your life and your own experiences, Mm. what does ageing well mean to you? Well, Yes, it is really accountability to me and being able to move. Um, You know, I want to be well enough to help raise my grandchildren to be, you know, having sex with my husband when I'm 85 or 95, being able to get up off that floor, being able to, you know, have, have dynamic movement and engage and be mentally fit. And, you know, that meant giving up alcohol and, you know, things that I've done a lot of in my teens and 20s and 30s I started drinking when I was 14 and taking drugs Um, I've done it it was fun I'm not going to deny it but it does it isn't part of aging well so removing things that we know are toxic and integrating things that you know we know aid with longevity like movement relational connection radical honesty you know um, purpose and doing something that I, I feel gives my life meaning you know, those are the things that I feel um, are helpful for me to move into that older age. Um, And that's what I practice every day. I love it. And for our listeners today, that one piece of advice that they can do right this very second to help them on their ageing world journey? I, I mean, honestly, I think do a life audit and write down all the things that you do, how you move, how you sleep, what you eat, what your relationships are. Um, really, that's exploring your values. I mean, probably, actually, that's the beginning. Look at your values. Are you living in alignment with them? Are they serving you? And are you willing to uh, revise and review? Because, you know, mm-hmm. if we have a small business, we audit every year, we assess, we review, you know, roles for employees. We don't do it for ourselves. You know, what's mm-hmm. working? What's not working? You know, am I, I don't really use happiness as a measure because I don't think it's helpful, but is there alignment with my values and am I willing to do something differently? 
Thank you. You are an extraordinary woman with some amazing messages. Uh, where can our audience connect with you? You mentioned before your Instagram page and I love it. I think your reels really do give me that little kick every time I need to kick up the bum. Um, you've put something up there <laughs> that really hits the note. So yeah. um, you're, you're definitely speaking to me. Thank you. Yeah, so Patina Stang on Solutions is my Instagram and Noosa Confidential also have an Instagram and a website obviously but yeah I would love as many you know follows as we can on my private Instagram I love to connect with people you know I do challenge people people do get annoyed at me and and uh, and I love a robust exchange so yeah give me a follow and if and if you want to discuss anything bring it on that sounds great and for anyone who feels like Noosa Confidential may be the right place for them right now you said mm. you don't need a referral are they best just no. to reach out to Noosa Confidential Correct. Yeah. Our head of admissions, Peter, um, is always at the end of that phone. And on our website, there's a phone number and an inquiry form. And we do only take five people at a time, but um, mostly, you know, we can get you in within kind of six to eight weeks. And and we do pre-programs where we do remote support for people in crisis as well. So fabulous. Patina, thank you so much for your time today. I'm sure everyone uh, who's listening will get a heck of a lot out of this conversation. And I hope they listen to it over and over again. Um, And really gives us all that little reboot we need or perhaps um, that shoulder that we need uh, to get over and live a wonderful, happy, ageing well, do it bloody well, let's enjoy the rest of our life. But it's not, as you say, it's not all about happiness. It's, um, it's certainly about acceptance and honesty and living in the present. Yeah, 100% agree with those three things as a priority for sure. Here at The Ageing Project, we understand getting older has its challenges. Each of us will face moments that push us outside our comfort zone and we wanted to shed light on that today. To those of you dealing with a challenging life chapter, can I remind you it is just a chapter and in Bettina's words, out of crisis comes massive radical growth and opportunity. But remember, support is always available, so don't go it alone. I think the values and life audit with some radical transparency and honesty sounds like a great place for us all to start. What is and what isn't working in our lives? I hope you enjoyed today's episode and please visit our health coaching page over at youmusttryit.com because we now offer hormone, gut, food sensitivity and genetic testing. These are the tests that Patina mentioned and we would love to help you out. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it. You just never know who or how it might help. Until next time, I'm Shelley Craft. This has been another episode of The Ageing Project, and I'll speak to you soon. As always, The Ageing Project podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. Always seek medical advice from a qualified practitioner.